The series is going to be called This Is What It Looks Like. Uh, we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. So we're going to do a nine-week uh, sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. We actually, in praying at the beginning of the year, we really, we got a couple things um, that we felt like, man, this is important. God wants us to teach on this. God wants us to really press into this thing. And fruit of the Spirit was, was one of them. And again, it's about a timing thing. So when, when are we supposed to do it? And, you know, God has a plan. God knows what he's doing. Shocker, right? Um, and I just thought it was interesting when we started talking about this and feeling like, oh, now's the time for this through the Spirit sermon message series, whatever you want to call it. Um, we, I looked at it and I said, oh, this totally makes sense. This totally makes sense. We, with what we were talking about, we started talking about, well, we started with our commitments, but we also started talking about beholding Jesus, being connected with Jesus. We talked about um, the God of Boundary series was all about that measure of faith that we have and what it means to step into that measure of faith, how we stay in there, the things that happen, but also why we step in the measure of faith. Because, you know, we, we talked about it the last one where it's like what you begin to do when you inhabit your promised land is you begin to produce fruit. You're like a tree that's planted by the water that produces fruit. And so we, we're about, and it's important that we produce fruit. And we, when we produce fruit, it's for others. It's not for yourself. The tree does not produce fruit for the tree, if you will. The vine doesn't produce fruit for the vine, right? And so we, and there was like, oh, it's time for this. And I was like, oh, this makes total sense. Because the way it works, if you want to build your life on truth, you build your life on Jesus. He's the cornerstone, right? But what happens when you do that is you begin to produce fruit. So it just makes total sense. We're talking about beholding Jesus. We're talking about connecting to Jesus, being your measure of faith. And then what is the natural result of that? You start to produce fruit in your life. So we really want to go through what does it look like? Because it's important. We call it, this is what it looks like. Because a Christian life looks like fruit. And I think sometimes, can I jump to that? Gifts? Can I jump to gifts? I think sometimes we get mixed up a little bit, and we think the Christian life looks like gifts, and it doesn't look like gifts. It looks like fruit. Being Christ-like is literally having fruit in your life. Amen? So let's just go jump straight to the, the, the Scripture so we know what we're talking about. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, we can, so if you guys know this, say it with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. So when we are living our lives and we're being Christ-like, we're producing this fruit. It means that when you look at me, you see love, you see joy, you see patience, you see peace, you see, the, you see all of that stuff. And that's what it means to be a Christian. So if somebody goes, well, what does it look like? That's what I should always go to. Sometimes we get confused and we go, oh, it looks like giving prophetic words or it looks like having manifestations or it look, doesn't, no, that's not what it actually looks like. What it looks like is the fruit. Now, gifts come out of that where they're supposed to because we get it mixed up sometimes. We flip it and we, we get focused on the gifts because gifts can be really cool and really fun. But we know in 1 Corinthians 13, it starts off letting us know that's the wrong order. That if we put gifts before fruit, we're a, a loud, noisy sound. And it's not worth anything. Please. 
um, the Lord was showing me, you know, the basic function of the vine or a tree is to produce. Like, that's the basic function. So for us as Christians, like you said, it's not the gifts. The basic function of us is to, produ- to be producing fruit, pr- be, to be producing the fruits of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in tongues of men yeah. or of angels but do not love or do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Okay? So the order is Christ, connected to Christ, produce fruit, and from there flow the gifts. And when the gifts flow from that, that's the healthiest. And, and I was, we were doing this and we were praying, and I told Alyssa, I would rather have a church that has no functioning gifts but is full of fruit yeah. than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Than have the greatest, coolest, most awesome demonstrations of the gifts but have really poor fruit. Because if we have the fruit, gifts come. Because most of the time Jesus performed miracles or walked in his giftedness, he was moved by his fruit. You see, when Jesus healed people, it was because he was moved with compassion. When Jesus showed love to the Samaritan woman, somebody he should have shunned, it was because he was moved with compassion. He was showing the fruit of love, of kindness. When he spoke to her, he was showing the fruit of gentleness, right? And from there, he gave her a prophetic word. See, that's how it flows and that's how it works. So I just want to encourage you guys, there's a move of God coming. We've been talking talking about it for, honestly, for two years now. And so sometimes we have to go, hey, guys, (laughs) you said three years? Huh? 40 years. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes it can get discouraging. And I just, I want to encourage everybody. You know, the thing that popped up in my my head about the um, Asbury move, that just happened, was if you study moves of God, a lot of times, it's like a tremor before the earthquake. He'll touch the places he's been. A lot of times, there'll be another demonstration in a place that had one. So I look at the Asbury move, and it's a reflection of what he did in the 70s there. And it's a, it's a tremor of God's coming. There is a move. And what we're doing and what our goal and desire is, is preparation. Right? We had that word about the wave, and, and the challenge about the wave of God um, was, sorry, I just got distracted. Dana, could you do me a favor? Could you go upstairs and turn off the overlay? Thank you. I just was realizing I'm looking at that going, oh, the live stream is only seeing. <laughs> so they need to see my face. <laughs> but so it's all preparation. It's all preparation. Um, and this is like we're creating and kind of reinstituting and, and kind of rehitting the foundation of our Christian walk, which is Christ first, connected to Christ, producing fruit, and from our fruit, gifts. Okay, so we've kind of broken this up into three chunks. Uh, the first, like Nico said, is we have to be rooted in Jesus. Like it, this, it, we can't produce anything if we're not connected to him. Because obviously, like we just sang, he is the vine, we're the branches. Um, I wanted to read um, 
John 15. Okay. John 15. <laughs> In my new amplified Bible, Ron Gaither. <laughs> this was, uh, my dad just gave me this Bible. It was actually my uncle's who passed away um, 10 years ago this year, so it's really special. Um, so anyway, verse, or chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and, ri- to bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. I'm going to pause there. And I'm going to reread. Repeat, he repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit. I may be skipping ahead, but um, he's off the stage so I can say what I want. But, you know, when you, uh, when you uh, pick fruit, it sends a signal to the tree to create more. I remember um, my Auntie Donna, who also has passed away. Anyway, she was a wonderful gardener. And I remember she came over and we had um, these rose bushes that I hated. But uh, she came over one time and um, was pruning some of them back. And uh, she's cutting them all. And I'm like, why are you cutting all the, you're cutting all the beautiful uh, flowers. And she said, yeah, it'll create more. Like you have to take all, you know, you have to cut it so it'll get more. Um, So that's a really important part. Okay, verse three, you are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given, given you. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of, its, of itself without abiding in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Again, that's step one, connect to Jesus. Uh, verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. However, apart from me, you can do nothing. We get nowhere without being connected to him. Like, nowhere. We, we can't bear fruit. I, you know, yeah, you just, you can. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going, she yeah. said. <laughs> Take my thought. Run with it. Um, you need to be connected with Christ. And not only is that primary, it's also fruit is the evidence of that connection. So if somebody says to me, you know, we were talking about this in Romans, because our, our, our home group is going through Romans. And... Romans 2 is all about um, judging acts of, of, of service, judging our faith. And, you, you know, you read uh, James, and we understand that uh, faith without works is dead. And so there's this, there's this thing where it's like, I cannot judge your heart. I can't. Only God can do that. But actually, in the brotherhood, brotherhood, <laughs> brotherhood, of Christ, in the family of Christ, we're actually called to judge one another. We're called to help keep each other accountable to the way of love, to help keep each other accountable in the walking in the right direction. That's one of our ways we demonstrate love. And the evidence of that is fruit. So I can't judge your heart, but I can see, hmm, I'm not necessarily seeing the fruit in your life. I'm not necessarily seeing the fruit in your life. And he talks about in verse 8 of uh, John 15, my father is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Prove. It's not enough just to say I'm a Christian. There has to be acts. There has to be things that we do. There has to be something that is produced in our lives 
that demonstrates we're connected to Christ. And then our job with each other is to just kind of encourage each other with love and truth to go, hey, I'm not quite seeing some of this fruit. I'm not seeing the proof that we're connected, that you're connected. And, and there's ways to do that. But it's important because when it talks about um, pruning, because when you go, Lord, here's the thing. that okay, Lord, increase the fruit in my life. You know what he does? He gets the shears out. He's like, okay, <laughs> let's do that. Oh, no, no, Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> fruit. <laughs> Quit chopping my branches off. He goes, no, 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 no. This is what we do. And that's part of our job. And he'll use your brothers and sisters, which is annoying because he doesn't always tell us. Have you ever been, man, so-and-so is getting on my nerves, right? You ever been like that? Let's be honest, right? A good chance God's using them. They are shears in your life because you need to go, huh, why are they bothering me? I might need to show them more fruit. Might need to be more patient. Might need to be more kind. Might need to be more loving to them. I might need to practice forbearance, right? I might need to practice self-control. Right? You're doing the self-control one, right? No. Uh-oh. So, and pruning is really important. That process is really important because to grow, you need to prune. And you can go ahead and talk about the pruning and the things it does. The three things it does? <laughs> we have notes for a reason. No, I'm teasing. Um, pruning. So fruit produces more when it's picked. Okay, so it sends a signal. And so that's, that's why he prunes. Because when you cut back something, it goes, oh, it, it starts something in its DNA to go, oh, I need to start producing. That's why we cut things back. If we let something grow unrestrained, eventually it will slow down and it'll stop growing. It either, I, I love this. If you have a grape, how many have grapevines? Yeah, we have one that I can't stand, but she won't let me get rid of it. But um, you need to give grapevines a structure to grow. Because if they don't have something to grow along, they'll just grow on the ground. And if they grow on the ground, they will produce fruit, but they won't produce a lot of it. And it won't be very, won't produce a lot, they won't be very big, and they'll spoil really quickly. So you need structure. So you prune to promote growth. You also prune to create structure. So just like the grapevine in the trellis, you, God literally says, you know, it, I said this when we were talking about this. I got a picture of a tree because we have a lilac tree, um, which is more like a bush, but whatever. I mean, it's a, it has these trunks. And the person, <laughs> the person who owned our house before us, she was very proud of her garden. And she said, you know, this is going to be, this is, what would she say? This like is one of the. A free range garden or something? Yeah, like this is one of the biggest, uh, north, you know, northwest natural gardens you'll ever see. Which basically meant <laughs> she didn't do anything. <laughs> I'm serious. And she was very proud of it. Uh, and I went out there and I'm like, oh, it's weeds. <laughs> like, yeah, this is natural, all right. <laughs> <laughs> But she was very, she planted natural northwest plants and all that, and then she just let it go. And so naturally I chopped it all down. <laughs> but so there was, a, there was a lilac tree, 
But you could tell she did no trimming. She did no pruning. She did no structuring. And when we got there, I mean, if you've been in our backyard, it leans like this anyways. Um, but it had branches, and it had branches coming out that only increased the weight. And I remember one day we went out there, and it was all the way over, and we thought it was broke, but it was just the weight of the branches. We had an ice storm, and the weight came. And so I had to go, for the health of that tree, I had to go, okay, what do I consider the main trunk, the main kind of two trunks, and everything else I had to chop off? And I chopped off some massive branches because they leaned the whole tree over, and it was unhealthy. So when God is pruning, he's not just saying, I'm going to promote growth. He's also promoting structure in our lives. He's also promoting health to go, this will help you grow better. So sometimes we feel that, though. We feel him cut off a branch, and we're like, what was that? <laughs> Sorry, it was just distracting a little bit. No, it's okay. You want to share with the whole class? I'm, I'm really... Oh, there you go. <laughs> For health and growth, right? <laughs> All right. That went off the rails. I'm sorry I pressed, I'm sorry I pressed on that one. Uh, no, exactly. See, you're immediately looking going, I can see things he's cut off in my life, but I'm trusting the pruning process that is for health and it's, it's for growth. And, you know, when we're connected to him, even when those big things he comes and he's pruning them, if we're connected with him and, like, continually in conversation and, you know, um, hey, Lord, this hurts, <laughs> but I'm trusting that you're doing this and I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to believe that you are in this. It, um, it can still be painful, but there's a hope in there and there's, um, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you, you can see if you're looking at him, okay, I, this kind of hurts, but I'm going to keep walking and keep going because I believe you're in this. I'm, you know. Mm-hmm. So the second part, <laughs> the second part, the second part, good grief. Uh, we have to be aware of what's feeding and fueling us. Uh, you know, it's the principle what goes in comes out. What we feed, or what our what we feed ourselves comes out. What we plant, we reap. You have the verse for that. You want to read that one? I have it in there. Yeah. So the verse you're talking about is um, Galatians. Funny how it comes right after right, the right. fruit of the spirit. Galatians six seven through eight. Do not be deceived. God is not marked. For whatever a man sows, he will reap. For he who sows the flesh of the flesh will reap of the flesh uh, will reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will reap the spirit life everlasting. Yeah. And it's just, again, this principle that we have to be, like, it has to be intentional. Mm -hmm. It can't be like the woman who lived in our house that just threw the seeds and said, whatever, wherever the wind takes it, you know, whatever grows, you're going to get fruit that is gross. (laughs) It's not going to grow well. We have to be intentional about what we're planting, what we are uh, feeding, what we're, you know, what we're watering, what we're growing in our lives. Yeah, Alyssa put it, put it this way, and she might have already said this when I was uh, away. <laughs> but we need to create a cycle, habit, culture, routine of letting your fruit be picked and letting your branches be pruned. Yeah. And I'm going to add making sure your soil is right. Yeah. Because I, I, the parable of the sower... And it's talking about all the different types of soil. And, and the soil is our hearts. And, and the condition of our soil is directly proportionate to the relationship with our Savior. Amen. Not necessarily our actions. Yep. Sometimes we think that's 
No, it's actually our relationship with our Savior. So if I am connected with Jesus and I'm, we're going good, I'm continually seeking him, desiring him, not that I'm perfect, not that I'm great at it, but my genuine desire is to stay connected with him. My soil is going to be constantly in the right balance for him to use and to, for it to grow. And then I'm also in a position where I'm conscious and aware that pruning will happen. And pruning, by the way, how many of you guys have yards and gar? Pruning happens every year. Pruning never stops. There's not going to be a point where you're like, I've arrived. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a point. But we, you know, as my brother says, we'll talk later then because you won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but as long as you're on this planet, pruning will always happen. So that's why it's a, it's a, we need, I love we need to create a culture, yeah. a habit, an understanding that this will be, be happening. And so if I st- stay in relationship with God, if I'm making sure that my relationship with Christ, my relationship, my connection to him, that I'm pursuing, I'm seeking, I'm, I'm worshiping, I'm loving him, I'm talking to him, my heart's right, fruit will be produced, growth will happen. And because growth happens, God is faithful to come along and prune it. But I know it's for my good. And even when things that seem out of nowhere come, God has a promise that everything intended for evil works for good. So that's the promise we have when it comes to pruning. When God's pruning, it's going to be good. When the world tries to prune, it's going to be good. And we can trust the Lord in that. But um, one of the, you know, that verse that I, that I love so much, uh, Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Those who love him, that's the relation part. So that we know as long as we're loving God and we are called, which we know we're called, then we can trust that, that he's going to turn everything for good. So the pruning comes, which with it comes structure. Um, and the, the thing that happens after that is fruit. It's fruit. Like Please. The thing with it being uh, getting into that habit and culture and cycle of pruning is when, you're in, when you are willing to be pruned, Often, it doesn't hurt as much. You're used to it. You're, you're, you can um, expect it as opposed to if you're every time, you know, you're like, change me, Lord, prune me back. And he gets the shears out and you go, no, 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 no. And you never give him the opportunity to. Eventually, there will be something. And in most cases, it's, you know, it grows. It's something big because you've let something fester. Then that, that'll hurt more, you know. But it's like getting into that cycle of letting him speak into your life, that's going to change. And, and the last thing, which is might seem small about the pruning, is, uh, you know, Alyssa said pruning creates growth, structure, and design. Yeah. And I really love the design thing. At first I was like, design? And I was asking her about it. And I thought about it, though, and I said, really love it. There's this thing where um, God is building you, mm-hmm. and he's turning you into something. And because it's God, we know it's good and we know it's beautiful. And so some of that pruning is design, and it's fine. And sometimes we feel like we have an idea of what we are, we have an idea of what we should be doing and how we should look, and God comes and says, no, 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 this is what I have for you. Like you talk about, you know, senior leadership and having to step out of that. Like that's a, that's a point where you, that could have been a friction point when you were like, no, 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 I am a senior leader. And God's like, no, I've designed you that you – were, but now I'm changing you, and I'm building something else, but you, the promise is it's good, and it's going to be beautiful, and so it seems aesthetic, 
But it's that, right. that wonderful thing that when God touches you, it's for the better. Yeah. That he makes the things that are unsightly lovely and beautiful. Yeah. And so I just, I just wanted to, to, to say that. Like the, there's, there is a genuine um, beauty in what God is doing and in how we're, we're being shaped. And it's not just utilitarian. That God's an artist and he loves turning us into works of art. Amen. So I like what Alyssa said about the intentionality. Um, and this is what we want to talk about. Because I, I want us to be aware that it's not just this um, passive effect that happens. It is actually a passive effect that happens. If I'm getting close to Christ, if I'm looking at his face, the Bible says I'm transformed more and more into him. So there is a natural kind of passive transformation. But there's also an invitation to be intentional and to step in and go, okay, Lord, what are we working on now? What fruit are you building in me? And looking and going, where are you pruning me? And so what am I being asked to produce? And that's a challenge. I was looking through these, the gifts, and I'm sitting there going, okay, well, yeah, self-control, uh, which we'll talk about because it means a whole bunch of things. And it, just mean, it doesn't just mean willpower. And I was like, oh, yeah, self-control. Uh, gentleness, I was like, you know, I could do with some more gentleness, right? And so I'm like, okay, Lord, how do I partner with you? In, in being more gentle, and who, and, and what, and, and it's that kind of thing, which is really funny. It creates this feedback loop, because God desires relationship and connection. So when he does this thing in our lives, and he's asked us to be intentional with it, the result of us being intentional is relationship and conversation. And then it's awesome, because we'll be surprised, because like I said, we're talking about preparing a foundation for this move of God so that we can be the most prepared we can be. So that when we talk about you have an option, there's a move coming and you have an option. You can position yourself to where the wave is going to hit. Or you can sit on the shore. Or you can go up to your waist in the water. Like, you have options. God is saying, I want to partner with you. So there's people that go, okay, I'm going to jump on the surfboard, and I'm going to go to where the wave is going to be. And there's people going, I'm not so sure if I don't know, so maybe I'll, I'll sit on the shore and watch. And some people are going, well, you know, I'm going to go up to my knees, get in the water, and see what happens. So what we're talking about is preparing us for that. And the question that you need to ask God is, how far am I going to go? And that's actually, I should say, that's the question God's asking you. How far are you going to go? Because my prayer is, like, Lord, show me how I get on that surfboard. Show me how I get out to where you're going to move. Show me, and, and this is what this is. Because fundamentally, when we talk about the fruits, we're talking about being Christ. We're talking about being Christ. Which I was telling Lisa, the more I was studying, the more I'm looking, the more I'm praying, the bigger a deal that is. Yeah. Which you think it shouldn't be. It should be obvious, being Christ. But I'm like, being Christ? <laughs> like, that's a big deal and it's hard like I'm not gonna lie it's not easy it's simple but it's not easy and then realizing like the change and the effect that happens outside these walls is proportional to how much like Christ I'm gonna choose to be in the scenarios and situations I'm in and I'm like oh that's important and there's a move coming, and I think it's how Christ-like I am is directly proportionate to how far I get and how much I'm a part of it. 
Really, I truly think that. It's not how great my prophetic words are. It's not how much I practice my gifts. It's literally how much I have the heart of Christ. Because, yeah, go ahead. That's what sets us apart. The world can be loving and joyful and kind and good and have self-control. The world can have all of that, right? We know people that are not in Christ, but what sets us apart is that we are connected to him. And so the love, joy, and peace, everything that we have, it looks different. It should look different. It should feel different. So when we're out there and we have our fruit, it's like they can smell it. They're like, what? that's different. That's a different kind of love. That's yeah. a different kind of joy. I don't have that. I thought I did, but that's something different. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's some yeah. yeah, Alyssa has, and this is a thing that's been, um, this is, Alyssa didn't come up with this. <laughs> as amazing as she is, she didn't come up with this. But, you know, she has that thing about um, share, is it share the gospel? And oh, when necessary? Yeah. You, I, I was watching a video of um, this church somewhere that uh, is doing a homeless ministry. And the guy goes, we preach the gospel often and only when necessary use words. Yeah. And that really, st- I wrote it on my post-it note and put it here. Yeah. But that. And I've heard that concept yeah. before and I love it. And I actually changed it. I said, you know, uh, preach the gospel and when it becomes necessary, use words. Yeah. Because if I'm actually being Christ out there, it will become necessary right. to use words. Because somebody's going to be like, "Why? what's the <laughs> deal with you? Yeah. Why do you react that way? That was different. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, we talk about, you know, I was, I, I have this debate internally about evangelism versus witnessing and all that stuff. And I have a great theology, which is accurate, um, but I used it to, like, not witness and not evangelize. Because not everyone's called to be an evangelist, but everyone's called to be a witness. Mm-hmm. But we have evangelists for a reason. It's a gift mm-hmm. that Christ gave the church. And the thing with the gifts of, the, of Christ is they actually aren't there to teach you to do something. If they were there to teach you to do something, there wouldn't be fivefold. There'd be onefold, and it'd be the teacher. <laughs> so it's not about teaching you to do something. It's about imparting something into the body. So evangelists are there to impart God's heart for the lost. And they also, a lot of them, not everyone, but a lot of them also then can give you and teach you skills mm-hmm. to share your faith. But the main purpose of evangelists is to impart the heart of the lost yeah. to the body. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I get that. I hear that. Um, but it flipped the script a little bit to think that we're supposed to be witnessing. That means we're supposed to be Christ. Mm-hmm. We're witnesses of Christ. People look at us and they see Christ. And eventually somebody, if you're doing that, somebody's going to be like, why did you do that? And the Lord challenged me the other day. Again, Romans. Thank you, home group, for <laughs> going. We're going through Romans. But Romans, Paul... Chapter 1 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation. I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I thought to myself, how many times have I actually done a decent job witnessing, but a poor job sharing my faith when it becomes necessary? How many times have I demonstrated love and I've demonstrated the difference of a Christian life and I get asked about it and I get ashamed of the gospel? Why? Wow. You know, we're all, this is a scenario. Man, you don't badmouth the boss, the boss. Why don't you, you know, we all complain about our boss, but then you get here and you don't. And we kind of egg you on and you're like, no, I don't, I just don't want to talk, you know, I want to respect my boss. Why? What's, what's up with you? Why do you do that? What you just did there, you produced fruit, you showed Christ, and somebody asked you about it, and 
I'm serious. Like, because I've done this in the past. I'm like, well, I just, I just want to love everyone. I just want to show everyone respect, mm-hmm. which is a great principle. But I failed. It's not set apart from the world because yeah, anyone that's can do exa- that. The world has that, can have that yep. thing. So what makes it different is going, you know, I just want to love everyone, and I'm able to do that because what Christ did in me. Yep. Boom. I just shared my faith. All right? I wasn't ashamed of the gospel. So uh, this is what we're talking about with preparation, with, with being Christ-like, and the importance. We're not moving away from outreach. We're not moving away from evangelism. We're not moving off this move of God, we're all about preparing for it. Because the fruit of the Spirit is about being like Christ. Being like Christ is going out in the world and loving it. And eventually, if you do that well enough, you're going to be asked about it. There's going to be some, why are you doing this? And I just want to encourage you guys, that's some of the points where, we, where you'll find out if you're ashamed of the gospel or not. Because if you go, well, you know, I just want to love everyone, and I just want to treat everyone with respect. Guess what? Great heart but you're ashamed of the gospel. Because if you're not ashamed of the gospel, you tell them the reason. Because if you believe, I'm only able to love you because Christ loved me. Yeah. And that's when I share that. I'm doing this because of the work Christ did in me. And he loves you. Boom, I shared the faith. Now, that doesn't mean they get saved. Doesn't, but you did what you, your job was. Right? Yeah. So this is all preparation. Again, the basic function of the tree is to produce fruit. It's not to shove, it's not to pick your own fruit and shove it in their face. <laughs> That's not our job. They can, yeah. p- they'll want to pick it because it's genuine, it's from Christ. Yeah. It's the best fruit they could ever have. It's not yeah. and artificial. Yeah. And the world understands this, by the way. Like the world understands this is why it, you, we need to pair our fruitfulness with a lack of shame mm. and a lack of fear. Because the world understands good works replicating good works. The world gets that principle. We talk about it. Smile. You'll make someone's day. Like, no, I'm serious. Like, the world gets the principle of when I give you something. Like, they, under, they, don't, they wouldn't say it this way, but we, I say, in fruit is the ability to reproduce fruit. So when I'm nice to somebody, there is something there that can reproduce niceness in them so they're nice to someone else. We know that. The world knows that. So what's different when we do it is we know why. And we shouldn't be ashamed to share why. How can you have so much patience? How can you have so much kindness? Why are you so gentle with those people? How are you, how, why are you so forgiving? It's not just because you're a nice person. It's not just because you want to pay it forward. It's because it was paid for me. And it was paid by Christ. So this is all connected to knowing our measure, being connected to Christ. As we move forward into the fall, it's going to be, you know, we're, we're not, we don't neglect the gifts. The Bible says don't neglect the spirit. Don't neglect the spiritual gifts. So we're not either. But this is about building a foundation. We want to build it right, and we want to build it healthily and correct, and that is first on Christ, and that is being connected to him. And then as a foundation of the fruit, which is the being, it's the what it looks like. And when we get that, then it'll be some of the things we do that not, isn't our identity, but is an, out, an outpouring of our identity. So this is going to be nine weeks. We're going to 
take a week, uh, just about a week. I think we're combining a couple, or did we end up? Yeah, we're combining a couple, but we're gonna take a week and the next nine weeks, and we're gonna go through the fruit. And what is it? How do we uh, produce it? What does it look like in our lives? How is a healthy Christian producing this fruit? What's the benefit? And but I want you guys to not just get like, oh, here's another Sunday school lesson about the fruit of the spirit. The important thing is understand the heart there. This is preparation. This is building our foundation so that we can be Christ and we can be prepared for the move. That it doesn't catch us by surprise. That we don't just uh, go, oh, wow, it was really cool. You know, we don't just talk about it. Like, oh, did you hear what God's doing over there? But we're actually participating in it. Amen? Amen. So, Father, uh, and ministry team, if you'd like to come. Father, we just thank you so much. Thank you so much, so much, so much, so much, so much that you sent us Christ. That you sent us, you sent us Christ as an example. You sent us Christ as a teacher. You sent us Christ as our Lord. And you sent us Christ as our Savior. And we just, Father, thank you. And we just want a deeper connection with Christ. We want a deeper focus on Christ. Knit our heart firmly with him. Father, we agree with his prayer that we would be united with him like he is united with you. And we know that as we do that, fruit gets produced in our life. And, and Jesus, just show us and teach us. Holy Spirit, come and teach us how to partner in the bearing of fruit. Teach us how to be that tree that's planted Teach us how to till and take care of our soil. Teach us how to allow the pruning process of God in our lives. Teach us because we want to be fruitful Christians that prove that we are connected to Christ. We want to be Christ to the world. We want people to look at us and go, something is different. And Father, just teach us to have no shame. No shame of the gospel. So that when people say there's something weird about you, I get around you and I act different and I start thinking different. Why is that? That we would sit there and go, it is because of Christ. Because it's Christ, the power of salvation in my life. So as we embark on this journey together Sunday morning, Father, I just pray that you would speak to us, that you would you prod us, you'd prune us, and you would grow us, and that it would be beneficial for the expansion of your kingdom and for the increase of our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.